We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're answering listener questions on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners here at Rotoviz. We answered some really fantastic listener questions last episode that got me so pumped for more Dynasty. I'm going to be actually in a couple of startups coming up soon because I could not contain my excitement. Uh, Curtis, we had awesome questions last week. As I queue up these, let us know if you have any just you know quick thoughts. I know that you were thinking about some um, you know trades that you had in your leagues. As we did, I just hear you say you have a couple of dynasty startups coming up. I mean that uh, that's that's got me <laughs> juiced, man. Um, I, I don't I don't need any more leagues, but um, I mean I could probably be enticed. So uh, yeah, I mean may, maybe I'll join another Rotoviz Triflex league. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll go for an even more uh, more pricey one, put a little more skin in the game. But um, yeah, th- this is this really fun time. It's like uh, startup season part two. Really love startup season before the NFL draft, as everyone's kind of burning time in the community and then post draft it's just like a draft bonanza man post nfl draft we got round two of dynasty startups you got rookie drafts going it's be- it's kind of like the unofficial start of best ball season uh for the like the non-degens that weren't drafting best ball teams back in like january um and so it's just it's really cool to see the explosion of content on the site um from so many different uh from so many different analysts and um yeah, man, our, our listeners just uh, as inspired as I am about playing fantasy in all formats as it is hearing these great, uh, great questions from uh, our listeners just gets me even that much more excited. 
All right. So on that note, we are about to get into some even, well, I don't want to say better, but let's say equally good. Gotta love every kid. Gotta love every kid equally, Dave. That's what my mom always told me. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here we go. This one is from Thomas. Twitter handle at Thomas Carlack. Uh, my question is, how many quarterbacks is too many in a super flex? Right now, my two quarterbacks are Mahomes and Murray, and I have picks 1, 3, 6, 7, 10, and 12. Is it possible for me to go with five quarterbacks out of this draft? Thanks, guys. Always listen. Look forward to hearing from you. All right. Well, we really appreciate the question. I got to say, congratulations on the Mahomes and Murray duo at quarterbacks there for you in that super flex league. That is awesome. It also sounds like you have managed to get a plethora of picks in this draft. Curtis, the question here really comes down to in a super flex league, is there a cap that you would want to put on quarterbacks that you could have on your team? What do you think? Man, Thomas, you are the stinking man. Uh, <laughs> got two. Uh, no matter how you order the quarterbacks and, and superflex, you got two of the top five quarterbacks. I think uh, by consensus, at worst. Um, and then I'm hearing five first rounders. I think if I heard you rattle off those picks correct in this year's draft, which is uh, pretty exciting considering there are uh, you know five quarterbacks that are are draftable from a, a superflex perspective in like maybe the top fifteen to eighteen picks. Uh, even if you're not high on quarterback. So kudos to you. Uh, would love to see the rest of that roster uh, if if it's anything like uh, the way that you've constructed your asset uh, profile so far. Um, okay, so a couple layers. Um, first, there's definitely a point where you reach too many quarterbacks uh, in Superflex. There's a, a, a prominent analyst from another site um, who really, I mean, he prescribes to, you know, collecting all the quarterbacks as his strategy um, and two dynasty leagues with him. And what I've found is he, he actually harms his chances of winning um, more than I think he appreciates. You know, the thought behind collecting all these players at any position, you know, it, like you see people do it in, even in redraft. Oh, I'm going to corner the market and then I'll be able to get the rest of my team based off of trades. Um, well, the more assets that you accrue, um, the less competition in terms of like positional disadvantage that you know the rest of the owners have. So in the in our last episode, Dave, I was talking about you know this this kitchen sink uh, league that I'm in, where I won a super flex dynasty title in a 24 team format with just Jared Goff as my quarterback. And this is this is actually an example from that league. This guy probably owns seven or eight quarterbacks that would be considered top 20 uh, dynasty quarterbacks i mean he's very very loaded won't trade him for anything well that's fine i mean what that means is like the other 10 teams in in my division like one guy's got all these all these quarterbacks so my my chance is like the amount that i fall behind against all the other owners uh in that division uh is lessened um so so i actually don't mind i don't mind if somebody wants to go too far and it actually makes it easier um so I, i think in your situation I really wouldn't feel too compelled to take more than than one of the quarterbacks in this class, maybe two at maximum. Um, to me, I would almost rather chase the quarterback value in the class 
um, than go super high end. I would I'd be looking to trade that first overall pick to the highest bidder. You do not need Trevor Lawrence uh, here. I would rather go with like QB three or four. Maybe go, uh, you know, maybe go with Fields. Maybe go with Lance. Um, let let a quarterback or two come off the board first, and then you know build up the build up your uh, draft picks at the other uh, positions, or even move you know some of those picks either for players that can help you win this year. It sounds like you have a, a pretty strong start there at quarterback, or even just flip them into 2022-2023 assets and just you know keep that machine humming. Um, that that's the way I would I would break it down. Uh, Dave, any any thoughts or any holes in in my analysis there? No, I completely agree with you. The number that I was going to float out there for this team to carry would maybe be three quarterbacks. Um, And it's not that you couldn't extract a lot of value for your team with the quarterbacks in this pick and then maybe potentially try to trade them down the road. Um, But I feel like with the two quarterbacks that you have, you don't really need to bolster that position that much. Maybe you add in the third to have a little bit of depth. Uh, but you're probably good there. And and while you were talking about all that, Curtis, it kind of made me think of this concept in economics, which is called the Laffer curve, which is basically there's this curve which in which a government collects tax revenue where they reach a certain point uh, where if they collect too much, then the actual like amount of money that's available for them to take out of taxing actually decreases. I, there's not a great way to bring this back to fantasy football and you're taking the number of quarterbacks here. But like... <laughs> So so yes. many people just skipped yes. the rest of the episode as soon as you yeah, talked yes. about taxes. But so the uh, idea law. is there, um, right? Okay. Yeah, go, uh, yeah. The idea is with most things, there's a certain point where the returns that you get from it might be negligible or actually like negative. And I think that in this case, yeah. it's a yeah. you know one of those situations where more of something that's great is not always better. Uh, so that's kind of what I would close with. And then you know, the idea too of hogging running uh, hogging quarterbacks in um, super flex leagues especially if you're not going to trade them it's kind of like you have a factory where you've bought like 12 big machines that grow your raw materials but you can only use three of them at a time so you're just sitting there with these eight other furnaces doing nothing that's kind of how i look at it yeah uh in terms of getting really specific for you thomas just because you sound like you know such an awesome uh dynasty manager i think i heard you say picks one three seven ten twelve uh, I was trying to frantically scribble them down as I was listening to your call. Um, I'm trying. I'm probably trying to trade pick one. Uh, I'm gonna may- maybe even just trading back to pick two. Um, if if you could um, do that and pick up anything of value, but if you can't, if you can't trade pick one, I think you, you probably take Lawrence there. I'm probably not going quarterback uh, pick three. I'm gonna go highest available running back or Jamar Chase, um, and then you know at seven, ten, twelve, you take you take the value move off. Um, if you haven't taken a quarterback by then, you know, at pick 12, that's a spot maybe just to take a, a, a you know, uh, like a Mac Jones type player. Uh, so, you know, some people aren't as high on Zach Wilson. Maybe Zach Wilson's available down there at 12 for you in, in your league, depending on how it plays out. So, um, yeah, don't go don't go more than two. Um, tra- trade the picks when they can mean anything to another team uh, and not when, you know, they're an actual player. Awesome. All right, let's move on to a question here coming in from Blake in Dallas. Hey, guys, love the show. Uh, This is Blake from Dallas, and just kind of a general dynasty question. So my team is solid. It's got a lot of win now, guys, uh, super flex with Mahomes, 
Delvin Cook, Tyreek Hill, Aaron Jones, uh, you know, kind of invested a lot to be win now. But being realistic, I'm probably third or fourth best in my league going into next year. So general question, you know, if you're win now but don't know if you really have a chance, do you try and get out early of those win now guys to build capital, uh, to build around your long-term guys like a Mahomes and, uh, you know, kind of punt this year to look to the future? Or if you're that close, you know, third or fourth in your league, do you kind of push all in to – uh, see if you can win it all. I'm typically more aggressive, but um, kind of seeing that that I might be falling off a cliff soon if I don't move on from those win now guys. Appreciate you guys in the show. Take care. So this is a similar question to one we talked about earlier in the week, Curtis. But I guess we, let's kind of attack this one from the idea of if you are trying to win it all now and you feel like you're in that window with these players where maybe you get your your peak production from them for another two years, and after that you're concerned that they're not going to be the players that you had. Are there things that you should be doing to really try to push yourself over the edge? Maybe let's kind of frame this answer that way, and then um, after we get those general thoughts out, we can think about the specifics of, of his particular situation. Man, I'm probably not too concerned about that at this point of the offseason um, quite yet uh, because I want to see what the fruits of my rookie draft did for me um, I've still got, you know, a waiver period where, you know, I can monitor camp updates. You know, there could be some surprise veteran cuts, uh, the elevate, a, you know, player of depth to relevance, um, you know, a priority, you know, rookie undrafted free agent that really emerges uh, on the waiver wire, you know, a la James Robinson, you know, last season. Um, and, you know, something like this happens nearly every year. You can set your clock to it. So, um, it's a great question to be asking, but it's not something to be desperate about right now. We're still months away, uh, months away from needing to set our lineups and compete. And just as um, it, it, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, cheaper to trade for a veteran to win now than it will be in August. But at the same time, you know, players get injured in the summer. Um, players get in trouble uh, with the law. Um, all different types of things can happen. Um, you know, after you make a, a move for a player. So, um, you know, I think maybe the last layer that I'll add before, uh, Dave, you, you respond and we keep this back and forth going is knowing whether I'm competing or not is, is not often something that unless I'm purposefully tanking, which I can honestly say I've never, ever done uh, in my dynasty career. I've seen other owners do it. Um, and I know strategically how I would do it if I ever got in that situation. Um, but unless I was trying to tank, I probably wouldn't be evaluating whether I was a contender this year until the end of September. I mean, I, I'm going to see what happens, uh, you know, on game day when I'm setting these lineups, what happens to my, you know, other opponents as well. So, um, Dave, uh, take it from there and, and let's cut this up. Yeah, I mean, I think that what stands out to me here is you have Mahomes, Dalvin Cook, Tyreek Hill, Aaron Jones. Those are all players that could easily finish top five in their position you know, in their position this upcoming season. So to me, this does not feel like a team that I would want to try to, you know, for lack of a better term, blow up at all. This is one that I think has a pretty good base to go into the year with. Um, do you need to go out and make aggressive moves to push this thing across the line without knowing the rest of your roster? I can't really speak to that, but I would definitely say from the 
players that I know about and what you mentioned about your team, I think this is one that you do not want to turn over yet. I would definitely give this a run. Um, and I think this is kind of kind of something that we talked about last week and Curtis is kind of cutting it here. But, you know, a lot of things can happen. And if you're a team that's already positioned pretty well in this league, you know, maybe some of those things happen that are out of anybody's control that are enough to push you across the finish line there. So I would definitely not blow this team up. Did I hear uh, Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones? Were those the the running backs? Yep. Yeah. So I um, to to get real specific, I had a team with a running back structure kind of like this. Uh, it was a, a higher stakes FFPC dynasty team. I actually made a move uh, that I think allows me to still compete this year, um, but also doesn't put me on the wrong side. Like if everything goes wrong for my roster, doesn't leave me holding the bag. Um, and I think maybe that's what you're getting at here. Um, if it doesn't work out, how can you make sure that, you know, you didn't um, lose a bunch of value all at the same time? So on on the squad I'm talking about, I actually owned Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara. Um, and I moved Alvin Kamara for Antonio Gibson, Jalen Rager. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tony Pollard and like a future second or something like that. Um, and so, you know, I think the values have changed now. This was right before Drew Brees retired and Alvin Kamara is falling down boards a little bit. Um, but, you know, with with either Cook or Aaron Jones, I think you can make a similar a similar offer, you know, trade for a running back that's just that slight tier behind, but you're buying a couple years on um, and, uh, you know, find those other other assets that could emerge to provide um, additional value to your roster. It's kind of a way to play both sides uh, and create some layers to your team. Um, This was the other point I wanted to make uh, as we circle back around. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Just because you have players who have panned out uh, and are are delivering for you each year um, doesn't mean it's going to continue to happen. Obviously, you know that. I'm stating the obvious. But it's one reason why you never just want to sit and be comfortable. Um, I'm always looking to create levels on my squad. And so I'm comfortable owning players even past prime. Like I've got dynasty teams that still have Julio Jones and I don't plan to trade him away. He's probably going to rot on my roster. Uh, he's going to continue to produce. Um, but at this point, 
um, he's worth he's worth less in trade capital than he is to my team starting lineup. Um, but I'm going to own players all the way down, you know, to rookie status. I don't want to be, I really don't want to own like three or four, 28 years. Like if I had Devonte Adams, Keenan Allen, um, Michael Thomas, like all on the same roster, Mike Evans, all those guys on the same roster, I'm going to take on some risk by getting a lot younger um, with some of those guys. And I'd love to have the 23 year old, the 25 year old, the 27 year old, the 32 year old. I can keep that team going and just keep that kind of escalator um, of pre-prime, uh, mid-prime, post-prime on my roster kind of just going. Um, the only thing you're really trying to avoid is a post-prime player uh, carrying a player from mid-prime to post-prime without having moved him first. Um, that That is the specific piece that you'd like to do. So that's why I would advocate for maybe moving a Dalvin Cook or Aaron Jones who's considered mid-prime, get max value today, and then you can trade for him later after that um, depreciation and dynasty valuation has occurred. Um, but you, in, in the meantime, you're insulating your team from all of these players getting old together at once. So let me understand this. Alvin Kamara puts your team on his back, brings you to a bunch of monetary financial gain, and you're going to dog him like that you're gonna dog him by trading him for antonio gibson is am i hearing things correctly here yeah man i mean i didn't i didn't divest everywhere but uh listen i didn't put myself in position uh to win uh i mean actually to win uh, considerable sums last year not just in dynasty but also in high stakes uh you know tournament style stuff Uh, sean and i you know finished top 13 in the ffpc main event last year uh, on the back of Kamara amongst other players. But yeah, I mean, it, hey, that's what I'm saying. You don't sit back. You don't get comfortable. Alvin Kamara was one of my dynasty trade targets before the 2020, 20, uh, 2020 season. Uh, if you read my offseason content, um, you certainly won some dynasty titles on that uh, analysis. So check out my other dynasty trade targets articles uh, on rotoviz.com if you want to figure out maybe who this year's Alvin Kamara could be. <laughs> Oh, wow. Look at that plug. All right. With that, let's get on to our final question for this episode. Hey, this is EC at Utah EC on Twitter. Um, like you guys mentioned on the last show, I think you are bringing the fire on the podcast. Um, so thanks, Dave and Curtis. Uh, got, got a question if you're seeing, wondering if you're seeing opportunities in auction rookie drafts opposed to draft uh, rookies. Uh, I'm seeing an interesting phenomenon. Um, and, and maybe this is more just in the, the, the multi-copy, uh, auction league that, that I play in. So, but I'm, I'm seeing that, 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 that Kyle Pitts and, and, uh, Jamar Chase are going for extremely high amounts. And really for a big, basically the same amount, you could get three of kind of that, that next tier of wide receiver, at least in my mind of the, the Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore, Terrence Marshall, Devonta Smith. So kind of my question is, is, uh, how would you compare kind of the value of a Jamar Chase or a Kyle Pitts versus kind of maybe three of that next year? Um, I found myself really doing the, the three. Um, you know, one of the Moors, two of the Moors, Marshall, maybe it's Vonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, um, you know, kind of in that, that tier. And that's, that's the weird thing. And I don't feel like that's possible to do in rookie drafts. Um, I don't think you can trade 
you know, three late firsts or three early seconds for an early first. But but maybe that's just normal value. Um, and and I, I know some of this has to do with really uh, how many roster spots you have because it's three versus one. I get that. Um, but just just wanted to kind of open it up that that specific question, but maybe bigger picture. Are you seeing any interesting opportunities in 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 more of the option format? Uh, appreciate the content, guys. Thanks. So this is a really cool question. Um, just to kind of summarize, in an in auction leagues, in rookie drafts, this uh, this caller is seeing lots of cases where uh, Pitts or Jamar Chase, for example. So those early round one guys are almost being valued similar to three later round one guys. Uh, so very interesting question, Curtis. Why don't you open up and then I have some thoughts just related to auctions kind of at large that carry over to this that I think will probably be worth sharing. Yeah, I think this caller's on onto something here, and I totally agree. Um, like in, in a vacuum, I want the three first round equivalent players uh, at those prices versus uh, the one elite asset. I'm going to point you specifically to an article uh, from the last uh, week or so. Uh, Sean Siegel wrote. It's called "Secrets to Rookie Draft Strategy." Uh, become clear when we repick every draft of the last seven years. I mean, Sean does the 30 word title better than anybody else in the industry. Dude, he's um, incredible at it. And, yeah. I mean, there's two, there's two, two, two sides to that coin. Uh, doesn't make it easy to roll off the tongue, but uh, it always draws you in, man. And just always draws you in. And in, in this article, Sean goes back uh, to every rookie draft in the last seven years and lays out the original rookie ADP, and then he redrafts the class based off of what they actually did and produced uh, from fantasy uh, from a fantasy perspective and how they would be redrafted if that class was repeated today. And an exercise like this really shows um, why you would want to go for, you know, uh, the, the multiple first round valuations versus the one elite. So let's let's take 2016 as an example. That's a couple years ago. Uh, and, and we've got, you know, a lot of a lot of data, but some of these players are still in their prime. So you could have either had the consensus wide receiver one that year or wide receiver two. It was between Laquan Treadwell and Corey Coleman, both drafted very early in the first round. Um, or you could take the three later players uh, and Michael Thomas, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller. <laughs> So how you know that was obviously an extreme example of how that played out. But if if we look at other years, um, it kind of goes, uh, kind of goes similarly. So let's go 2017. Corey Davis was the consensus wide receiver one in 2017. You wait a little bit later. What could you have had? Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup. Hmm. A lot of those players weren't even first rounders. Two of them weren't. Uh, keep on going down the line. 2018. Um, 2018 was actually a loaded a running back class. You could have had, you could have paid up for, you know, a Rashad Penny, a Darius Geis, a Sony Michelle, or you could have taken Cortland Sutton, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley. <laughs> so, you know, this is just one of those things where, you know, those back end first, when you can pile them up, um, it really becomes um, quite interesting for giving your dynasty roster more outs. This is something that, Sean and I, when we have our, our strategy sessions um, for our, our big uh, high stakes drafts every summer, talk about, you know, what are those outs? What are the other ways that we can win um, if we make a, you know, this pick versus that pick um, or accept this trade versus that trade? And I, I think that's what this, this question from this caller leads us into is, 
okay, all these players are going to be selected in the first round pretty good. Uh, they're they're going to be there in rookie ADP because they have good profiles, uh, probably performed well against top competition, got that draft capital, which means NFL teams who scrutinize these players from a film perspective, athletic measurables, uh, measurables perspective, and spent high draft capital on them after all of that scrutiny. All these players are good. Um, and so don't put all your eggs in one basket when you have the choice as to whether to do it or not an auction draft gives you that flexibility a forced a forced rookie draft slot uh, you know rookie draft does not allow you that flexibility because you have to have a trade partner but an auction draft gives you the opportunity to kind of make that trade just by balancing your bankroll yeah i uh am definitely on board with the idea of trying to turn that high-end player into those three lower-level first-rounders. Um, the one thought that I would have on this, just from a general auction perspective, I would normally would recommend that perhaps you forego getting the most expensive players and try to compress that value across a number of players for all the reasons that Curtis mentioned. The one thing I want to toss out, though, is a blanket uh, answer to this for other players that might be in leagues... Really, though, go back and look at drafts that your league has had, these auctions that your league has had, and determine if you price yourself out automatically out of any other high-level players if you did go for Chase or Pitts or somebody like that. Because the the biggest problem that I find that people have in any type of auction across all formats is not being aggressive enough and saving too much money. Right. So if you are going to forego one of those guys at the top, you need to be very certain that you're then going to be able to spread all of your dollars that you have across guys that have value. Right. So I don't want you foregoing pits or chase or somebody like that and then getting you know, a little queasy after you've taken those first two first rounders and then trying to save that money and then pricing yourself out of the guys that are you know, likely to become relevant in the NFL. So make sure that if you do forego that you're being aggressive with your money uh, and you, right, you have to stick to that plan. I really want you getting those three first rounders if you don't go with Pitts um, or Chase or somebody like that. Curtis, I see you nodding your head. It looks like you might have had something to throw in there. Yeah, one one more layer. I think you really hit the nail on the head uh, there, Dave. If we're just talking about an auction rookie draft, I also want to answer this question for, you know, the dynasty manager that might be doing a new auction dynasty startup that includes the rookies. Very common this time of year. Um, and in that scenario, I'm probably not even going to have, I sounds really weird to say this. I'm probably not going to have Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase on my board. Um, and the reason for that is I would rather in an auction format, I would rather pay for the players who have a defined role, history of production, a, pro- uh, a projectable, um, projectable volume so I'd rather take that year two or year three player pay a couple more bucks for that and then I do what our caller said you know I go for those um, those more discounted rookies as I round out the, the roster I'm not as worried about the production that I'm I'm uh, buying I guess in the auction at my flex spots I'm gonna allow that production to develop over the course of the year you know by stacking up those those cheaper rookies um, and paying up for the the proven talent uh, in the auction. But I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do an auction and, and be successful. That's generally my my blueprint. Don't want to be buying um, the, the, the rookie 101 because you're, you're paying, even though we think we know what those assets are going to become, uh, you still are paying for a little bit more of an unknown entity, uh, you know, versus uh, something where we've actually seen it uh, materialize in the NFL. 
And especially in the case in the case of Pitts, because you might be paying more than we've ever seen a rookie tight end go, and that's by a large increment over that. So players that you could take as alternative, even if they weren't quite as strong as Pitts, you know, you're probably not going to get that with the tight end in this class. But if you are out, if you're allocating a certain number of spots on your roster to rookies, maybe you can get one of these receivers, and the difference in their actual output no matter how you're gauging that, is probably not going to be as far as the dollars would have you think that they're going to be. Uh, so especially in pits, I think you're looking at a player that's really dangerous to spend a lot of money on just because of how high he's going to go. Uh, but I think that leaves us, Curtis, with another uh, question that we can get to next episode. We have a couple of good topics there. So we appreciate you joining us on this Wednesday, um, as a reminder, if you want to get your questions answered and be entered to win a t-shirt, give us a call at 978-615-9214. We'll see Thanks you Friday. Thanks for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at DaveKabenFF and at CPatrickNFL. Email us at rotovizffshow at gmail.com. Visit rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener-only discounts. And until next time, thanks for stopping by. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.